in-depth conversations, matchup breakdowns, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dunlap. It's Fourth Down in the Steel City. I'm Adam Crowley. He's Colin Dunlap. If I sound tired, if I sound hoarse, it's because I was at the Backyard Brawl in the not-too-recent past whenever you're listening to this podcast, and I may or may not have woken up from our producer's email to do the podcast. Colin, how are yes. you? Yes, I'm not tired. Not remotely tired. I'm good. I got a little bit of sleep. I'm hard at it. Um, uh, on vacation until Wednesday. I will do the podcast. Ah, we got to figure out what we got to do about the podcast on the holiday. We'll figure that all out, but uh, and then we'll we'll come to you. We'll we'll have one early in the week, that's for sure. But uh, now that you ask, I'm doing great. I am not tired, not to rub it in. Um, going to the pirate game tonight, feeling good. Going to be considerably less people on the North Shore, I'm guessing. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I kind of want to get to that a little bit later on in the podcast, Colin the number of people on the North Shore for the Backyard Brawl because it was an atmosphere unlike one that I've seen at Acrisure Stadium at Heinz Field in a very long time, and that includes the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I want yes. to talk can I, about – Can I make an observation yeah. about the North Shore that yeah. without blowing that whole thing? You ever notice on the – first of all, the North Shore is a new thing. Like it used to be the North Side yeah. all, all the way my whole life. Second of all, if you watch the news – and this is an observation I've had for, for some years now since they built the two stadiums. Okay. And this is, this is interesting to me. If you watch the news, something can happen in the same exact spot. Okay. Let's say that there is a charity uh, fun run or something, right? It is the North shore right there. Let's say that there's a violent crime uh, a week later in that very same spot. It'll be the north side. Yeah, you're totally right about that. It's wild to me. Yeah, you are 100% right. I don't know what that means. North Shore just sounds so... I mean, it kind of sounds like you put your feet in the water, right? And your butt in a, in a chair or something. North Shore is like, come on down here. It's nice. It's... uh you know, touristy, we're going to have fun. We're going to gather North side is all grit. So again, it could, it could happen at the same exact intersection. If it's bad, it's North side. If it's good, it's North shore. Swear to you, swear to you. Well, the professional sports team that mm, tries to win that plays on the North side, they cut down their roster earlier on this week. Does that feel like it was a month and a half ago? Yeah, seems like it. Um, and, you know, I'm not real big on, and I know you said this on the podcast before, I'm not real big on trying to figure out, and then once it comes out, the 53rd guy on the roster versus the 54th guy on the roster and who ended up being 56th as opposed to who was 49th. I'm not real big on that. But one thing does jump out at me, and I think they might have – I don't know where all the receivers fit. I just – I don't know. I don't know where Gunnar Olszewski fits. I don't know how when Calvin Austin comes back from injury where he fits. They have after George Pickens and obviously Deontay Johnson, they have a lot of guys that have to figure out what the hell they are. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely do. Uh, and I wonder I wonder what it says about a guy like Gunnar Olszewski that you keep him 
but you also keep a guy like Sims, who I think you would argue both might do similar things. Uh, one is a returner. The other's a returner. Uh, it seems kind of like a redundancy to me. I also do wonder with Calvin Austin, the third, because of the position that he plays, and we all think he's going to play in the slot given his size and, and his athletic ability at the NFL level. I wonder how long it would take Calvin Austin, the third, to get up to speed and get ready to go in an NFL regular season game. If the Steelers would trust a guy who missed a lot of camp here to jump on a moving train whenever you have all kinds of nuances with being a slot receiver and option routes and understanding all the concepts and things of that nature. I'm, I'm a little bit worried that a guy that they believe in, in Calvin Austin, the third might not be utilized all that much in year number one. I think Calvin Austin, the third is headed for a red shirt. I really do. Yeah. For the most part, it feels like, uh, you know, I think he'll grow into something. Hopefully he doesn't become a Marcus Wheaton or something like that. But I do think that he's headed for a red shirt, and I think it's probably the smart move. Also, I one thing with the receivers, too, and I don't want to derail where the conversation was going, but I thought for sure, and I know we brought this up just a little bit last week on the podcast or the last episode, we didn't find out anything about Chase Claypool in camp. Not I one. wanted to find out something about Chase Claypool. Yeah, he made one contested catch in one of the preseason games, and that was it. And we've seen him do that in the past. We saw it a lot more his first season than we did his second season. I think Chase Claypool's going to be a good player. Whenever he was a freshman, so to speak, a rookie, I thought he could potentially be a great player. But the thing about him is they want to use him in the slot too but they didn't have the opportunity to work him out there really in training camp and in the preseason because, well, he wasn't out there. So that's a big deal to me. Steelers bring in an outside linebacker. Steelers bring in an offensive lineman. We'll get the nuts and bolts stuff out of the way here before we get into some of the North Shore, North Side conversation that I wanted to get to as well. But I like the Malik Reed move, the outside linebacker from Denver that they bring in. Spoke with Mark Schlereth this week, and he was raving about the guy. Oh, my gosh. I really didn't want them to trade Mar- to trade Malik Reed. Malik Reed is really a great pass rusher, and he's a guy that we really need as a rotational piece. Okay. Uh, if Mark Schlereth says that, the football dude guy, okay, I guess I can get on board with that. With T.J. Watt, generally taking a playoff here and there, not when he's on the field, but literally taking a play and coming off the field. I do think you needed a guy like Malik Reed. And it does make me wonder about a, how confident they are in Alex Highsmith's health or maybe just B how comfortable they are or confident they are in Alex Highsmith altogether. You're right. And you know, something else, it jumps to the surface for me with Malik Reed. I, I, first of all, I think your first indication is absolutely true. In fact, that Alex Highsmith is hurt worse than we anticipated initially. So that's number one, Adam. Okay. So let's work off of that base. The second is this. Why did Denver part with Malik Reed for what they parted with? The Steelers can be happy. And a lot of Steeler fans are like, wow, you know, you get a quality player for not a not a big sum. Now I understand, and I get the fact that you know um, 
there's a rotation there. He ended up falling the third. Am I, am I wrong for not celebrating the fact that someone else was so quick to part with him for such a cheap rate? Yeah, especially a guy who over the last couple of years for them had 13 sacks combined. He played 13 games in each of the last two seasons. They relied on him in injury situations. They feel like they're deep at the outside linebacker position. Denver does. But I don't think if he's as valuable as a guy like Mark Schlereth says he is, why you would be willing to part with him as quickly as they part with him. I did not love the other move they made at offensive line. I think they almost acquired Joe Hegg 2.0. I initially, when it happened, I thought, okay, maybe this guy could somehow fit into the best five linemen. If you're trying to do that thing, replay your best five guys on the line. And then I really started digging into him a lot more. And I mean, he just seems like Joe Hegg, but kind of Joe Heggier. Like he's played more than Joe Hegg and at a little bit higher of a level. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. That's right. He's just a guy that they hope that. That's a lot maybe... more streamlined in the way that I said it. Yeah. No, no, no. He's just a guy, though, and that they hope they get something out of him and that they hope that he, a change of scenery, brings better football. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. Colin, you know what I want to do? Go to sleep. Yeah. I'm sitting here on my couch in my basement uh-huh. and I'm just leaning forward. Right. And well, really tell me this. Sleep. Well, forget this thing. Let's oh. talk about this. What's the worst? place to be tired is it driving is Mm, it traveling mm, is it mm. at home with a kid is it what's the worst place to be tired so i always thought school was the worst place to be tired okay sitting there in the classroom whenever your history teacher is just droning on and you're sitting there and you know you want to put your head down but you can't and you're nodding off that was always bad i've never been a night driver because i'm always super paranoid about falling asleep while driving so okay. it's never really been an issue for me. What about you? Um, the worst place to be tired. Uh, driving scary, that's for sure. Yeah, that's no good. <clears throat> I don't like that. No one does. I don't think anybody likes driving tired. That sucks. So that's probably the worst. Tra- traveling tired when you're traveling back home. Mm. It's terrible. Yeah. When you're going somewhere and you know that, well, even if I'm tired, once I get there, there's a payoff. Okay. Traveling, even if it's air travel or however, and you're on your way back home from a vacation or whatever, and you just can't get comfortable enough to sleep, but you're tired. That sucks because there's nothing to look forward to, but going back to work or coming home to regular life or you know, reclaiming and regaining what is uh, what you just went on vacation to get away from. <laughs> so that that's all that's awful, too. Like if you go in, a, especially somewhere far, like if you go to Hawaii and you fly home a lot of times right at the flight leaves at like midnight, dead on, dead on midnight Hawaii time. And you travel back and you just you land in Phoenix at Sky Harbor somewhere and you're just you're dead tired and you're like, oh. I got six more hours of this all the way and I can't fall asleep and I got to get all the way to Pittsburgh. That sucks. Cause once you get to Pittsburgh, it's not going to be as nice as Hawaii. Correct. It's probably going to be 38 degrees. Then you're going to have to walk and go into long-term parking or whatever and get your car. That's after you get your luggage. That's after you deal with idiots on the plane. That's and then get to your car and you're like, Oh God, 
gosh, there's only a quarter tank of gas. Why did I do this? Now I got to pay and the machine doesn't work and it's trying to take my card and Apple pay. What the hell? And then you get home and you're so tired. But then, oh, you stink like the airplane and you, you're grundle and everything else. And you're like, oh, man, I got to wash up. Oh. So there we are. Should we title the podcast Wash Your Grundle? Yes. Okay. Perhaps. We'll have Greg title the podcast Wash Your Grundle. Well, that's, I mean, that's the tough part of the travel right in there, the, the shared airplane seat. Um, church was always bad as a kid. If you were, if you were tired in church, like my mom would whack me upside the head, I'd start dozing off. That's never any good either. Jesus sleeps. I mean, he can understand, you know, sleeps for about three days, then he gets up, right? Moves, goes, does his thing. Right. It's sometimes, sometimes a month and then he moves a stone. Uh, so. Coming up next, there was a massive event on the North shore. It's like North 40 Pride. days, even more than a month. I was going to say that, but my brain's just not working. I'm yeah, not, we're good. Yeah. A podcast. Also another, not a great place to be tired up next North shore talk. Yup. What a tease. <laughs>